Gracias, chicas. Gracias. It's February 2015, and comedian Conan O'Brien struts down the streets of Old Havana in a white linen suit and Panama hat. He's filming his late-night show in Cuba. Hola, bienvenidos a Cuba. Yo soy Conan O'Brien y lo siento, pero that's all the Spanish I can really memorize. Uh, as many of you know, this is a very historic time. Relations between Cuba and the United States are finally starting to thaw. I thought this was an amazing opportunity for me to come to Cuba, talk to the people, get to know them. Two months earlier, President Barack Obama and Cuban President Raul Castro agreed to normalize relations between their two countries. The end of the five-decade embargo seems tantalizingly close. A guide takes O'Brien on a very long historic tour of the Havana Club Distillery. Over here you have part of our iconic products, Selección de Maestros. O'Brien is becoming increasingly exasperated with each stop because, well, he's after just one thing. Uh, our rum is made with, the, uh, with Cuban molasses, of course, and the molasses, these honeys, are extracted from the sugarcane juice. This is fascinating. There's a part where I just get to drink rum, isn't there? Yes, at the end. Eventually, O'Brien gets to do what many Americans can't. He tastes Cuban-made Havana Club rum, and then tipsily asks to stay in Cuba. While O'Brien is goofing around on camera, for no Ricard's top executive, Jerome Cotin-Bizon is on a more serious mission. Cotin Bison is a trim, boyish, well-dressed 30-something businessman. He proudly takes U.S. journalists on a tour outside Havana of Pernod Ricard's new distillery built to increase production. In this rum war, this is the equivalent of building a new missile base. As they walk past several 25-foot-high steel-clad cylinders, one journalist turns to the French exec. Are these fermentation tanks? They are. Each one holds 11,000 liters of Cuban molasses, yeast, and water that will become Cuban rum. And each of these tanks is refilled every four hours. A forklift stacked high with barrels of Havana Club rumbles by. Why so much? Cotan Bison smirks. I let you in on a secret. We're spending $90 million on our own distilleries to ramp up production. If the embargo is lifted, we'll be able to sell our rum, which we'll call Havanista, in the biggest rum-buying market in the world, the United States. We've waited a long time for this moment. Really? But Bacardi is the biggest rum company in the world and is already pretty well established in the U.S. You really think you can beat them? Absolutely. Americans will be able to tell the difference in quality between our superior Havana Club, which is actually made in Cuba and Bacardi's Havana Club from Puerto Rico. Simple as that. But in this rum war, nothing has ever been simple. Bacardi and Pernod Ricard have fought it out for decades in courtrooms and Congress. Now, Pernod Ricard is quietly readying its ammo to open a new front, American liquor stores and bars. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. 
You know kissing under the bridge of sighs guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. Now, since you're a podcast listener, I'm sure you know all about how audio just does something to the imagination. So I'm really excited to tell you about how Audible's brand new exclusive thrillers are brought to life with that kind of captivating sound design, the eerie soundscapes and dynamic performances. There's one that caught my eye. I should say it caught my ear. It's an Audible original called Sleeping Dogs Lie by Samantha Downey. It details the aftermath of a local businessman's murder in Marin County, California, a once sleepy suburb now part of the bustling Silicon Valley area. And as an Audible member, well, you get to keep one title a month from their entire catalog, including bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible now free for 30 days. Head on over to audible.com slash BW or text BW to 500-500. That's audible.com slash BW or text BW to 500-500 and try out Audible free for 30 days. From Wondery, I'm David Brown and this is Business Wars. In the last episode, Bacardi spent heavily on lobbyists and lawyers to wrest the U.S. trademark for Havana Club away from Pernod Ricard. After big losses in court, Pernod Ricard formulated a new plan for the moment the embargo falls. It will deluge the U.S. market with its Havanista rum. But politics will make this anything but a straight shot. This is episode six Last call. It's January 2016 at Bacardi's U.S. headquarters in Coral Gables, Florida. Rick Wilson, a top Bacardi executive, nervously paces a hallway trying to find a delicate way to break the bad news to Facundo L. Bacardi, the company's chairman. Wilson calls Facundo Bacardi's office in Bermuda. Hey, Facundo, I've just spoken with one of our lobbyists in Washington, and... This doesn't sound good. Well, it's not. Yesterday, the Office of Foreign Assets Control gave Pernod Ricard the trademark transfer license for Havana Club. Ugh, this is horrible. Oh, well, it gets worse. Today, the U.S. Patent Office granted them an extension on the old Havana Club trademark. With that, they'll own the trademark until 2026. That's ridiculous. Pernod Ricard's trademark died 10 years ago. We're the ones who've been making and selling Havana Club in the U.S., not them. I know, I know. Well, what happened? It's hard to know for sure. Some people in Washington think it could have something to do with the Obama administration reaching out to Cuba. Maybe it gave Pernod Ricard a chance to negotiate. Rick, I thought this thing was over when the Supreme Court ruled in our favor four years ago. What are our options now? Well, if the U.S. government gives Pernod Ricard the trademark and allows it to sell Havana Club, it will be violating Section 211, 
That means the U.S. will be breaking its own law. Okay, then. We're going to sue the U.S. government. It's a frigid, windy February day in 2016 in Washington. At a House Judiciary Committee hearing, Chairman Darrell Issa, a California Republican, is about to turn up the heat on the Obama administration for giving the U.S. trademark for Havana Club back to Pernod Ricard. And in his crosshairs is State Department Representative Kurt Tong. What I really want to know is this. Was Havana Club on the table as the Obama administration negotiated for normalization with Cuba? Uh, Congressman, to my knowledge, Havana Club was not discussed with Cuba. Isa shakes his head in disbelief. You're really telling me Havana Club, the same Havana Club that Cuba has complained about to our government for years and years, didn't come up at all during weeks of negotiations? Congressman, Cuba has certainly raised the Havana Club issue with us, but to my knowledge, there was no quid pro quo involving Havana Club. <clears throat> Mr. Tong, even assuming that there really was not a quid pro quo, by giving the Havana trademark to Cuba and Pernod Ricard, this administration has violated a law called Section 211. The law doesn't allow for transfer of confiscated trademarks. This was just the opening act for ISA. The main event is about to come. Isa pulls two bottles out from under the podium where he's sitting and holds them up. They're different in shape and color, but both are branded Havana Club. One of these bottles is made in Puerto Rico, where 1,400 American workers earn $40,000 each and every year. The other is made in Cuba by people making about $240 a year. Now, because of whatever game the State Department is playing with Cuba, people in Puerto Rico are going to be laid off. What do you think of that, Mr. Tong? Uh, My understanding is that the economic impact isn't yet known, and this matter will be settled in the courts. Isa doesn't get the answers he wants. But Congress leaves Section 211 on the books. Now... Bacardi hopes that'll be enough to keep Pernod Ricard's Cuban-made Havana Club out of the U.S. But Congress and President Obama are on a collision course. It's March 2016, and President Obama is in Havana. Thank you. Muchas gracias. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. It's President Castro... The people of Cuba, thank you so much for the warm welcome. It is an extraordinary honor to be here today. Change is in the air. Obama is the first U.S. president to visit Cuba in more than 90 years. And other things in Cuba are changing, too. Just days after Obama's historic visit, the Rolling Stones play a free outdoor concert in front of half a million people in Havana. In the 60s, Fidel Castro banned the group, but now that it seems Cuba is opening up, there's a festive mood in the air. Bacardi is working overtime to prevent that from happening. But Cuba and Pernod Ricard are about to face a new, sobering reality. It's June 2016 in Miami. But in the luxury Faena Hotel, 
it feels more like 1958. Showgirls in stilettos clatter across hardwood floors as a 10-piece band belts out classics from the golden age of Cuban nightlife. Waiters in traditional Guayabera shirts weave through throngs of partygoers serving free cocktails, all made with Bacardi's version of Havana Club. In a quiet corner, a Bacardi rep shows off two bottles of their rum to a reporter. Check this out. For the first time, we've got an aged version and an unaged version based on the Arechevala's original recipe. Isn't this the third or fourth time you've put something on the market called Havana Club? What's new now? Yeah, those earlier versions were rolled out to establish Bacardi's ownership of the name Havana Club. The reporter picks up a bottle of the aged rum and runs his finger over an oak tree at the center of the label. See, it's almost identical to the labels the Arechevala family used when they were in Cuba. This is the real Havana Club using the family recipe. Okay, but how can you call it Havana Club when you're making it in Puerto Rico? The same way a company names its drink Arizona Iced Tea when they're not making it in Arizona. It's evocative. Just months later, Pernod Ricard's Havana Club has a relaunch event of its own in Havana. Pernod Ricard has the U.S. Havana Club trademark in hand and the embargo seemingly on the way out. It's gaining momentum against Bacardi, and it wants the world to know it. So the French CEO of Havana Club, Jerome Coutin-Bizon, holds a press conference. So does this mean you're scrapping your recently trademarked Havanista brand? Yes, we are. When we weren't sure whether we could get the license to renew our trademark, Havanista was our backup option. But now that relations are normalized and we have the trademark back, we'll be pushing Havana Club. Do you think your Havana Club will be on sale in the U.S. soon? (laughs) I tell you what, if the embargo ends tomorrow, we're ready to start shipping immediately. It seems the moment is coming when consumers will decide the fate of Bacardi and Pernod Ricard's claims to Havana Club. But a change in leadership, both in Havana and Washington, will put that final showdown on ice. Breaking news out of Havana, the death of Fidel Castro. The college activist who became a rebel, who became president, the de facto dictator of Cuba, dead tonight at the age of 90. November 25th, 2016. Fidel Castro has died. Miami's little Havana, home to Cuban emigres who fled Castro's revolution, celebrates. Take a look at Miami's little Havana at this hour. Cars lining the street. Young and old waving the Cuban flag, honking car horns, chants of freedom. But back in Cuba, thousands of mourners turn out to watch the military convoy carrying their leader's ashes as it snakes along the same route Castro and his compadres took in 1959 as they celebrated the revolution. But this convoy is going the opposite direction. Castro is being returned to his hometown of Santiago de Cuba, where his gravesite awaits. He'll be interred just yards away from a gray obelisk that marks the burial site of Emilio Bacardi, son of company founder Facundo Bacardi. That juxtaposition is not lost on the Bacardi family. Their old foe may be gone, but their fight for Havana Club continues on. 
and they're about to get an unexpected ally in the White House. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. LinkedIn Jobs isn't just another job board. With a vast network of more than a billion professionals, it's the best place to hire. You'll get access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And if that sounds overwhelming, look, don't worry, it's not. LinkedIn Jobs makes the process easy and intuitive. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. If you're like me, hiring the best candidates for a job can often be about who you know, the connections you make. My favorite thing about LinkedIn Jobs is the ability to screen for the experience and qualities you're looking for and reach out directly, not waiting for the right person to come in over the transom, sifting through emails. It's actually fun to find people with the skills and backgrounds you need this way through LinkedIn Jobs. Often, you're making connections that help your business along the way. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash businesswars. You can thank me later. That's linkedin.com slash businesswars to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's June 2017 at a hot, humid theater in Miami. President Donald Trump takes the stage. He's eager to make an announcement about his diplomatic approach to Cuba. Effective immediately, I am canceling the last administration's completely one-sided deal with Cuba. Under President Obama, the end of the embargo and the arrival of Pernod Ricard's Havana Club seemed imminent. But Trump locks down Cuban trade and travel again. His administration cranks up the pressure on Cuba and Pernod Ricard even more. December 2017 at Bacardi's headquarters in Bermuda. In a conference room, a team of advertising executives are pitching a new Havana Club campaign to Chairman Facundo L. Bacardi and his executive team. The lead creative stands up and buttons his linen suit jacket. What we all know about this business is that you don't sell spirits just by taste. The story behind each spirit is also important. And when it comes to Havana Club, well, Bacardi's got a much better story than Pernod Ricard. The lead creative cues up a PowerPoint presentation on a large monitor. It flashes black and white images of 1950s Cuba. In a world where two rum brands claim the same Cuban identity, how do we prove the other brand is a fake and ours the real thing? We don't just tell people a story. We put them at the very heart of it. To tell the story, we want to create a theatrical event that we'll call the Amparo Experience. Yes, the very same Amparo Arechibala, who as a young woman fled Cuba with her late husband, Ramon. 
Now, I want you to imagine patrons sipping your Havana club in a Miami bar as they watch Cuban-American actors reenact the dramatic story of the Arechibalas. If they didn't already love the rum before, they will after watching this story. Here's the trailer. Welcome to La Habana Vieja. You want to scratch the surface a little deeper and see what history's really left printed on this bottle? The Havana Globe that the Arrechavala family created, which was later stolen from them. But a people cannot be erased. And story always survives. As long as there are beating hearts and people willing to tell it. The story sits with you now. What will you do with it? The lead creative clicks off the PowerPoint. This will be the first time a spirits brand has ever sponsored a play that tells the backstory of a drink. And that's not all. There will be print, radio, and TV ads with the slogan, Forever Cuban. That's our story. Havana Club. Forced from home. Aged in exile. Facundo Bacardi stands and shakes hands with his ad team, then addresses the room. We've got a winner here. And boy, do we need it. But maybe they don't need it as bad as they think they do. Good morning, uh, everyone. Welcome. Uh, I'm here to announce an important decision regarding the United States policy towards Cuba. It's April 2019 in Washington. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo holds a press conference that sends shockwaves through the headquarters of both Bacardi and Pernod Ricard. Any person or company doing business in Cuba should heed this announcement. Those doing business in Cuba should fully investigate whether they are connected to property stolen in service of a failed communist experiment. Pompeo resurrected a section of the Helms-Burton Act, also known as the Bacardi Bill, that allows U.S. nationals to sue any party who traffics in property confiscated by the Cuban government. It was legislation pushed by Bacardi and friendly lawmakers, then signed into law by Bill Clinton in 1996. Until now, no U.S. president has ever invoked it. The legal weapon Bacardi put into play over a decade earlier is finally being put to use. But Pernod Ricard is not accepting defeat. There are pending court cases, and Congress has yet to declare a new winner. For now, Bacardi owns the U.S. market for its Havana Club. But should relations between Cuba and the U.S. mend, it's very likely the battle between these two liquor giants will resume in earnest. Should Pernod Ricard get a foothold in the U.S. market, it won't be lawyers and lobbyists who turn the tide. American consumers will decide the fate of Havana Club. There will definitely be another round before the last call. Hey, Prime members, you can binge every episode of Business Wars ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. From Wondery, this is Episode 6 of Bacardi vs. Pernod Ricard for Business Wars. A quick note about recreations you've been hearing. In most cases, we can't know exactly what was said. Those scenes are dramatizations, but they're based on historical research. We use many sources when researching our stories, but we especially recommend Tom Jelton's Bacardi and the Long Fight for Cuba. I'm your host, David Brown. Joseph Guinto wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Edited and produced by Emily Frost. Voice acting by Chris Garcia. Sound designed by Kyle Randall. Our associate producer is Kate Young. Our producer is Dave Schilling. Our executive producers are Jenny Lauer-Beckman and Marshall Louie. Created by Hernan Lopez. For Wondery. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.